Blog Talk Radio. with bated breath, you know, all three of you may have known that uh, I'm opening my third building. I have three buildings that constitute Divine Harmony Spiritual Church as a main chapel uh, that's fairly big compared to most of our small churches. It's um, 10 by 12 feet. The working area is uh, 10 by 8 feet because the back, there's a back area used for private things. And uh, that's where I keep all my jars that I'm working for people because I don't want people to see those, right? There's privacy, privacy, and there's privacy in that back room. That's where I also have my, uh, the altar to my ancestors and um, to my family. It's my family altar. Um, And um, then two smaller buildings that are eight by eight. One of them is the Black Hawk Power Shrine. And uh, I got some trouble about that today, by the way. I'll tell you about that in a minute, some of the vicissitudes of uh, working this business. And a third building, which uh, has been mostly storage because I, you know, had some heart problems last year and I just had to recover for about a year um, or I would have opened it last year. But the uh, the Blackhawk Shrine opened two years ago, this time of year, two years ago. And uh, it took most of that year to get in shape. And then on cue last year, last spring would have been the uh, beginning of the, uh, the next shrine. But 
you know, the doctor said, don't do anything for a year. It put me, actually put me on some drugs that made it impossible. Beta blockers really slow you down. And uh, so this year I got on it, and this is the uh, St. Germain Shrine to the Ascended Masters. Uh, that is the Ascended Master, count the, you know, the comp uh, St. Germain, no relation to me. And um, not that I know of. I mean, he got around. He li- he's apparently lived for 2,000 years or something. So, you know, who knows? You know, maybe um, in my family tree. And it is a uh, a shrine dedicated to the Ascended Masters. And I have a web page devoted to them um, on my website, www.johnsg.com, with a lot of information about them. And we're working on uh, an AIRR, A-I-R-R segment as well. Uh, not not coincidentally in tandem with that, um, and uh, doing some work there. So uh, I've been working on that, and uh, it's going quite well, quite fast. I have a, a, a Hercules of a man as a neighbor who helps me with these projects, and he's uh, he's very talented, very talented. We're going to talk about talent tonight. There's a segue here. There's a method to my divine madness that all adds up to something. If you know how to put the pieces together and you have the key to the puzzle, you have your secret John St. Germain Divine Harmony Spiritual Church decoder ring, you can put the pieces together and decode the secret message. And you too will be an ascended one. Oh my goodness, tonight, 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 the Crystal Silence League uh, brought to you by uh, the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches and Lucky Mojo Curio Company. Uh, Lucky Mojo, of course, uh, as many businesses have, um, feeling the effects of the COVID-19 shutdown, um, they are still sending out um, uh, mail, uh, what we used to call in the old days snail mail um, orders. They're shipping them out. Uh, I just got some beautiful stuff from them, uh, Miss Cat and Lucky Mojo. Uh, I just bought some wall hangings for the new chapel. They're beautiful. You can see pictures of them. They're just gorgeous. They're they're Buddhist tonkas. They're called tonkas, not T-O-N-K-A-S, like the trucks. People always make that joke. They go, oh, I got a tonka truck. Uh, it's spelled T-H-A-N-K-H-A. Um, they're uh, art usually made by Tibetan monks, and uh, encoded in the artwork are uh, messages and dharmas, and if you know how to read it, you you can recite the sutras that they illustrate. The Wheel of Life has the entire Tibetan the uh, the Tibetan um, oh shoot I can't remember the name, but the the Book of the Dead. It's called the Book of the Dead. Uh, any other time I could tell you the Tibetan name of it, but that's in, encoded in the Tonka. That's the Wheel of Life. You can go down and read it and uh, um, and know the stages. Um, the idea of the uh, the book of the dead is to prepare a person for what to expect once you die. The, uh, the tricks and snares and uh, adventures you have in the, um, uh, afterlife. And, uh, the, um, because it's not just a simple thing when you die, you just don't immediately go, um, you know, into a pink cloud. There, there are things you need to know when you die and they prepare, prepare you with this. And, uh, the Bardo Tall. It's called the Bardo Tall. Uh, the Tibetan Book of the Dead, the Bardo Tall. The gears turn. They just turn slowly. Um, Crystal Silence League, coming back around to that, started in 1917 by a man named Claude Alexander Conlon, who uh, had, if you read the uh, six-volume set that he wrote, um, 
studied Tibetan philosophy and yoga, as did many people around the turn of the century. We know uh, Madame Blavatsky brought Theravada yoga, uh, Theravada Buddhism to the West, and um, Hinduism incorporated it into theosophy and studied under Tibetan masters and Mahatmas. Uh, we know that uh, New Thought in general um, incorporated a lot of uh, uh, Tibetan and Indian and Sri Lankan, Sri Lankan uh, Buddhism. And um, uh, Mr. Conlon uh, incorporated the meditation and um, uh, other techniques into New Thought and amplified them with the aid of a crystal. Hence, Crystal Silence League. And when he passed into the silence, his league went with him. And until 2007 or so, when adepts of the Missionary Independent Spiritual Church, which eventually evolved into a chain of churches that's now known as the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches, uh, brought it to the web. And you can find it at www.crystalsilenceleague.org which we will go to in just a few minutes to pray. But first, I want to tell you about a, uh, a stone I may have talked about before. I think I did because I had the picture on my uh, file called Numite. Uh, Numite is considered the oldest stone on Earth. It was believed to have been spewed from the Earth in its creative uh, frenzy. It's a volcanic stone uh, before the Earth settled down into a, a solid form. It's found mostly uh, around Finland and uh, that area, which is also believed to be uh, one of the oldest places on the planet. And um, it is uh, a remarkable stone. Uh, it contains the entire history of the planet Earth. It's the oldest mineral uh, uh, on Earth. Um, it, therefore, has the history of the Earth in it. And it's called the, the Sorcerer's Stone, the Magician's Stone. And if you begin to work with it and you have inherent magical abilities, uh, you, you find out why. It is um, The Earth itself has had uh, historical uh, mythic qualities of magic. Uh, planets are believed to have consciousness. And this particular stone has uh, a great deal of power. And connecting to the earth's magic. Uh, there's a very deep type of earth energy that uh, many people work with, a very deep harmonic, a resonant energy with the planet that uh, many people speak of. And this is uh, the stone that can connect you to it. If you look at the stone itself, if they're polished, it looks like the universe. If you have an orb of Numite, it looks like the, you got the universe in a stone. There's uh, silver and gold and blue and all sorts of different colored flecks in it, uh, nebulae, uh, lots of things. Uh, it can uh, help with proper work gain control of the seemingly random events of your life. We don't believe in coincidences in this business. We believe in convergences, and this can help you recognize and help control them. And that's... Uh, it's found uh, mostly in uh, Finland, Greenland, um, and it's only found in very few places in the world. It's not an expensive stone, though, um, and um, uh, some some deposits have been found in America, and 
it's believed uh, to be over three billion years old. Can you can you imagine that? Three billion years old, and um, it has a um, the quality called uh, labradorescence, like labradorite does. And this is a quality that when you move it, it will change uh, its appearance. Light goes through it at a uh, specific angle. The, the the crystalline matrix, the tessellations are aligned in a certain way. When light hits it at one angle, it will look a certain way. And you turn it to another angle, and you'll see a different appearance. Um, which, you know, the old people say, oh, that's magic. It looks like magic. Um, you can line up the synchronicities and coincidences in your life so that they're more fortunate and uh, more rapid. The acceleration of luck basically uh, occurs. A lot of times our lives seem random and um, haphazard. You look back on it. Uh, Joseph Campbell said, it look, you look back on your life and it looks like it was written like a script. And um, this this can help you go to the last page of the script or the, you know, the last page of the chapter anyway, and uh, foresee it and help work it through um, uh, better. And uh, um, many people misunderstand magic. They, uh, the very rational people think magic is a uh, uh, defies logic. It's uh, irrational, but magic is very rational. Magic is the, the, the height of rationality. It, it's the idea that your will interacts directly with reality and this uh, was an idea that was uh, thrown out by rationalists for many, many years until along came a bunch of people and said, uh, we're quantum physicists, and we discovered that observation and will directly affects reality. And the magician said, we knew that. And the Buddha said, we knew it before you knew it. So it's, uh, it's a very strange thing. Um, this is your powerful stone for... Um, working um, with uh, the connection between the willpower and reality. The, uh, there are two forms I love to use it with. I like it in an orb, and I like it in a palm stone, because this is a stone you can look into. It's got depth, and it's great for scrying. Uh, look into the stone as an orb, get a palm stone, and you got to really look to get a palm stone. You can shape them. You can have uh, someone who works with stone, or if you do it, to shape it. Uh, put it in your hand, shape it. A palm stone should look like you put your hand in dark liquid and come up and there's a puddle in the palm of your hand when you cup your hand. That's how a palm stone should look. So you really have to go through a lot of pieces before you find something that's right. And even if you're going through rough pieces, you can find a rough piece and take it to a lapidary and have them polish it for you. And, you know, tell them what you want it for. Say, I need it to fit in the palm of my hand. And uh, depending on the lapidary, they may go, okay, that's cool. They may go, okay, you're a little crazy, but, you know, I'll do it for you. You know, give me the money. Um, it can help protect you against, um, you know, everybody, everybody wants protection. And this can help you from magical attack while you're doing the scrying and the magic stuff and the projection. It can help um, protect you from any kind of counter assault. So it's a good thing to have. Um, you can make infusions from it like you can in every stone. I would suggest with this one, um, as with all stones, you put it in something, a container, a jar or something, and put that in the water. Uh, Neumite being a magical stone, I would infuse it under moonlight. You can infuse it under sunlight if you like. Um, I, I sort of have a rule. Um, uh, you don't, I don't follow it 100%, but it's a rule of thumb 
you charge it with sunlight for healing and you charge it with moonlight for magic. And Numite's mostly used for magic. Um, so I'd, I'd keep it under the moon. Um, that's Numite. I've talked a lot about it because it's a pretty um, nifty stone and one that I use a lot. So I, I kind of have a lot to say about it. It's one I use quite a bit. I have lots of it around my working area. Um, I guess that's all I have to say about that. We have um, lots of prayers um, coming in. The uh, uh, the shape of things to come. You know, people are very anxious. I think about it, and um, anxiety is not going to help us through this. Uh, calm will, and uh, planning will help, and understanding that. Uh, Occasionally, I believe there's a pressure that builds up, a social pressure, and then there's a leveling, um, and this is one of our leveling times, and when, uh, you, you know, those of us in the spiritual business, we tell our clients, and we tell ourselves that if you don't make the change, spirit will make the change for you. If the changes are not made in your life, spirit will change them for you Uh, you know if if you don't do what's necessary then it will be done for you often with you being dragged kicking and screaming and there is a type of uh, karma that occurs in large uh, groups of people it's the collective karma of a lot I'm not going to say that there's a, a social karma that's just not taught by anybody um, but there's a collective karma large groups of people um, that that can juxtapose um, and um, you know to say that a country has karma is kind of silly um, a country you know countries are uh, fictitious concepts you know like a border a border is a line that someone drew on a map it doesn't you can't go to where a border is and point a line and say there's a line drawn unless somebody some idiot erects a a wall or a fence on it Uh, you know then the fence and the wall comes down it's just ground again right and uh, so what we're talking about is that a pressure builds up when you have a lot of people you have one person you have isolation you have two people you have negotiation, you have three people, you have conflict, and you have four people, and you have society. When you have five people, you have politics. One of, the, one of them will run for office. Five people, one of them will run for office. So the more people you have, the more complex the uh, situation becomes. And when you have uh, you know, a million people, then pressure is going to build up. The uh, conflicting wills will build up and eventually the pressure builds up and there's a leveling Um, things level and uh, then there's a quiet afterward and rebuilding and then eventually the pressure builds up again and uh, uh, there's a law in physics about why uh, random molecules don't all go to one side of a balloon you know you blow up a balloon and all the molecules that are randomly moving you know there's no rule that they all move uh and you know all the molecules of air in a balloon could move in one direction you know so that your balloon is a flat pancake but they all move in such a way that your balloon expands outward uh boyle's law somebody 
and that happens even though these molecules of air are moving randomly, the average, um, they average out so that your balloon expands. Although there is a possibility, the mathematics predict it, that those molecules could spontaneously all move, let's say, to the left side of the balloon, and your balloon would uh, look kind of like a Frisbee. Uh, but there are certain laws of probability, and um, 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 uh, that govern these things. There's a leveling. The, all the uh, wicked molecules that want to try to get the other molecules, hey, guys, let's all go over there to that side of the bus. And they go, no, no, you know, we want to stay over here. Uh, this sort of thing happens in society. When too many people in society want to go a certain way, there's a leveling. And that's, I don't know if I'm making any sense at all, so I'm just going to quit. But that's what's happening now. And we're at the prayer page. And we're going to start with prayer ID number 92705. And you're going to notice the tone of our prayers show an underlying strata of anxiety that is coming through the situations. The, the anxiety has nothing to do with the situation. It's coloring the situation. And so we're going to pray for peace for everyone at this time. So I want you to um, pray, especially devoutly for everyone who's in this situation. It's prayer ID 92705, who says, Oh, please, Lord, please, I need to know you love me. That my purpose is not to be an example of what happens when God doesn't love you. I want to believe you love me so much, but the Lord I know wouldn't ignore someone only trying to do good. Keep getting living such a nightmare for so many years. I beg you to hear me this time. I beg you to give me the chance to know the feeling of your love. Please. Amen. And prayer ID 92704, prayer for my children's father, D.M.M., to return back closer to us for work, as our children and I miss him so much. Please keep him healthy and return him back safely to us. Amen. And prayer ID 92702, prayer for a safe, healthy, and happy pregnancy and birth for my unborn son and I. Please keep us both safe, healthy, and happy throughout this journey of ours together. Amen. And prayer ID 92699. Let all animals, especially those in distress, be blessed and protected by their ancestors, good spirits. Saints Martin de Porres, Francis of Assisi. Thank you, Saint Anthony Expediti. Jude Michael, Saints Martin de Porres, Francis of Assisi. And there's lots of little fruit offerings for them. Amen. Prayer ID 92698. Please send blessings, good spirits, to all fighting COVID. Let them be blessed, protected, healed by good spirits and ancestors. Saints Anthony, Expediti, Jude, Michael, St. Martin, Depores, and Francis of Assisi. Amen. Prayer ID 92696. Pray for me to be free from fears and feel peaceful and secure during this time and always. Amen. And prayer ID 92695, who prays Psalm 15, verse 5. You, O Lord God of hosts, the God of Israel, awake to punish all the nations. Do not be gracious to any who are treacherous in iniquity. Father, in Jesus' name, 
We ask that you fight against those who fight against our and family. Deliver them, Lord, and save them from the wicked. Be their rock, their shield, their strong tower. Awake to destroy all enemies of this family. Spiritually raise all evil and all attacks to ashes by your fire. Beat down the enemy. Wound the hairy scalp. Amen. And prayer ID 92693. Urgent call for prayer for addict with mental health issues. Thank you to all who prayed for my man. See why? During this difficult time, it worked, but he's not out of the woods yet. A former partner, A.G., keeps popping into our lives to cause trouble. She encourages his self-destructive behaviors, addiction, and manipulates his emotions against family and friends and me. Please pray for her to leave him alone so he can heal, recover, and gain mental clarity and peace. Let him see her for whatever she is and block her from our lives forever. And thank you. Prayer ID 92692. My manager, M-H-O, to be 100% loyal, honest, and obedient to I-E-S-E, I-E-S-E. In running affairs of product, I'm not going to give you an ad, but it's P-O-N-G, Services Limited, which is a, a gas station apparently, and Contracts. Let her stop having too many man friends and stop friending a Nigerian police and Nigerian force men. Amen. And don't take don't take that thing where they try to give you that uh, bank draft either. Prayer ID 92690. Gratitude for prayers that T's kidneys are recovering swiftly without need for dialysis. Good news, good news. That he is demonstrating for doctors that he is clear and able to remain his own guardian. <clears throat> with supports that honor who he is, that friends and family are coming forth to support him and show their love, that he has a safe place to continue healing naturally with others who love him and honor who he is, that is honoring his own divine essence, that the trauma is transformed to wisdom. Amen. Let's see, we have, uh, let's do a couple more. I think we got a lot of prayers. We got a lot of prayers this week. Prayer ID 92688. I need guidance in my job. There are metrics that I need to pass for bonuses, which would be nice to pay off bills. And most importantly, to move up in the company, which is my dream. Landlord issues due to my roommates, H and A, who are having financial trouble. Heal them. They both have health issues. CR to heal from past hurts. AM to talk to me if he wants to. My loved ones to be safe and healthy during this time. And me to be a size 10 at the end of the year. Amen. And we have uh, 92687 who prays for a safe, healthy, and happy pregnancy and birth. She wants to be a happy pregnancy and safe birth for my unborn son and I. Please keep us both safe, healthy, and happy. Amen. Let's take a moment of uh, quiet meditation and prayer for everyone who's coping with this difficult time.
Amen. Amen. It's believed in new thought that the uh, potential of the mind, the soul, the uh, human being is infinite because we contain infinity. Um, I want to talk a lot during this uh, series until I run out of things to say and move on to something else. And probably in a, we're going to enter uh, something I've been reminded of. Uh, I really haven't talked about it much since it was very big in the eighties and nineties and that's Ascension, the Ascended Masters. Uh, and uh, I've uh, become more familiar with it now and uh, closer to it and realize, man, that, there's really a lot to be said about it, the model, because the Ascended Masters are basically a Western model of the Bodhisattvas, and uh, um, we'll talk about that in a while. But I want to talk to you a lot about God, um, because the New Thought people did. Most of the New Thought authors will talk to you a lot about prayer and God. And I recall we had a, a producer. He's not with us now. He didn't die. He just moved on to uh other things, and uh, you know, we, we wish him well. Who called me up one time with John? You know, you ought to put your show. Your show should be, and this is how he talked. You ought to have more old time gospel religion on your show. And I said, well, you know, New Thought was uh, more. Uh, I said, you know, the Crystal Silence League was more New Thought, and New Thought encompassed uh, not only Christianity but um, Buddhism, Hinduism, uh, Theosophy, and a lot of other things. It was more non denominational than it was old time gospel. And I said, and most of the people that uh, I talked to are not really uh, old time gospel religious Christians. And I said, if you want a show like that, you should start one. And uh, we, we haven't, but I think we should. Um, but it, it does uh, embrace it without being it. And uh, I grew up, you know, a Baptist and we talked a whole lot about um about God, but it was very interesting how we would read the Bible, but then we would uh, learn things that seemed to contradict the Bible. And I, I, I read, I, I had a little gold medal. It was brass that was uh, plated and you know it turned green. But because I read and I knew so many Bible verses, and uh, the problem is this: if you just go to church. And you listen to what they tell you. Um, you don't make a lot. You don't ask a lot of questions. And uh, but if you read the Bible, and you listen to what they tell you, you start going, oh, "Okay, wait a minute. Let me um, uh, wait." And uh, and then they in Sunday school they start to consider you a uh, dangerous, a smart aleck. Um, you think too much. You're a uh, you don't have faith and things like this. And with, in my case, it's quite the contrary. Um, because I, I can't say, where, where does it mention that if, if you don't uh, accept Jesus, that you'll go to hell? And where does it even mention hell? Where does it mention you go to hell for eternity? Because it says here that you lay in the grave until judgment day and your name appears in the book of life and then you rise from the dead in incorruptible flesh. So which is it? Well, it's complicated and no, which is it? Do you die and immediately go to heaven or hell, or do you lay in the grave and are resurrected? Because it never says that there's a soul. And in fact, that's a pagan belief. See, I'd ask you, I read a lot, and so I got in a lot of trouble anyway. So um, what we know is that there are 
many people say, well, all these different beliefs, etc. That's because there's many things that can happen to you when you die. And um, the um, the element of how you re- rebirth when you die depends on a lot of things. Yes, you can go to heaven. Yes, you can go to hell. Yes, you can be reborn. That, that's kind of like what happens to you when you leave your house. Do you go to the store? Do you go to Harbor Freight? Do you go to Kmart? Do you go to Walmart? Do you uh, go out in your backyard and lay in the sun? It's uh, it, it, it's really like that. You know, it really is from the best authorities that I can uh, that I can check with. So, um, and a lot does depend on that thing that various modalities call karma. And karma has two parts: it's action and the result of action. And if your actions are mostly wholesome and skillful, the results of your actions tend to be more uh, uh, more fortunate. And if your actions are schmucky, the results of your actions tend to lead to what are called the dolorous states. And um, that, that's not where you want to go. If you start reading about the dolorous states, you think, oh, I don't really want any of that. That's That's not where I want to go. So... Um, what we find with New Thought is that after these very intelligent and well-meaning people wanted to restructure religion, and there was a the big spiritual ex- exhibition of uh, 1897 or something where Theravada Buddhism was brought to this country, real Buddhist monks that no one had, no one had ever seen. You know, now uh, people who traveled the world, the military and stuff, had been seeing. Uh, uh, Hindu and Buddhist uh, renunciates, you know, for a couple, you know, centuries, but and brought back marvelous tales. But the, your average American citizen never heard of these uh, these marvelous creatures. And uh, and uh, uh, Blavatsky and Olcott uh, uh, really popularized th- these concepts. And the uh, the Pali Text Society translated any of the Buddhist scriptures into English. Their translations are good. They're very quaint. They use the language, you know, to make it seem like the Bible. There's a thee and thou and uh, and things like that. Uh, very quaint, but but very valuable. And um, uh, the more modern translations are truer to the spirit of of the Theravadan suttas. But uh, uh, you know, those Pali text society translations, um, you know, the, the you know the the Theravadan Pali texts, and I have them, and I've read them. It's seven feet, you know, the the Buddhist Bible, the Theravadan Buddhist Bible is seven feet of bookshelf. The Christian Bible, you know, which is two inches or three inches of bookshelf, if it's illustrated, it's seven feet of bookshelf. These were the the teachings of the Buddha as his uh, disciples and his cousin Ananda remembered them, and Ananda had the gift of memory. He was one of these prodigies. Um, like one of these guys that remembered everything they read. And in Buddha's day, uh, memory and verbal transmission uh, was accomplished by uh, memory techniques and was more trusted than written language because if you write something down, somebody can come along and uh, change it. So what we uh, what we found was um, this verbal transmission uh, was carried on until uh, Emperor Ashoka um, uh, sent his missionaries out, and in Sri Lanka, 
they they said, um, you know, we need to write this down. And they did. They wrote it down. They said the first ones are written on palm leaves, but, you know, we, we don't know that, but that's what it was said. And um, the uh, um, they seemed to believe that's the case. And then as they decayed, they would replace them. And uh, But the oral tr- transmission retained the same. And there was skepticism that that could be done, but a, a monk, uh, it may have been Ajahn Shah, memorized the entire uh, middle-length discourses of the Buddha. And uh, uh, that book, uh, I'm looking at it, is about uh, four inches thick. And he didn't memorize the whole thing, and he recited it back with virtually no error. So it can be done by people who are concentrated in thought and mind. So what I'd like to do is um, talk to you about a few things. The New Thought people believed, as I believe, and as many people believe, that infinity lies within us. There, there's no limit. There's really no limit to what we can do. We see prodigies. We see uh, people who can uh, add up infinite numbers in their head. You give them a mathematical problem of many, a great complexity. There'll be someone with a calculator, and they instantly give the answer back. But we all have that. We have the answer to every mathematical problem in our head. We all have that. The omnipresence of God is within us. Every artist has all art within him or her. Every musician has all of music within him and her. Buddhism says the Buddha is within you. You just have to get out of the way. There's a, there's a saying, a title of a book, which comes from a, a Zen koan, uh, if, you, if you meet the Buddha in the road, kill him. But, oh, my God, it's how horrible. But you see, this is a, a thought experiment. And uh, one way of seeing, I'm not going to tell you that uh, no, no Zen Cohen has an answer. There's not an answer to it. Uh, it's supposed to dislodge your mind from rational thought. Uh, you know, what is the sound of one hand clapping? People go, oh, it's this. You know, they do their hand like that. No, that's no. no or they smack you in the face. No, that, there's no answer to that. It's, uh, it's to dislodge your mind from rational thought. But if you meet the Buddha in the road, kill him. You know, how awful. But what if, what if you substitute the word Buddha for yourself if you meet yourself in the road kill him if you meet yourself in the road kill yourself and you realize that since uh, the Buddha is within you if you meet the Buddha in yourself in the road kill it and you realize that this is a metaphor or a simile or a thought process about killing your ego getting rid of the, your, your attachment and the final attachment as, as Buddha said, was to Buddhism or to the path itself. The final attachment was the path itself. The road is your final attachment. He said, he said uh, to his disciples, my, my teachings, he said, the Dharma, he said, this is a raft and it will take you to the other side. But once you get to the other side, you let the raft go. And but because there were uh, some of his bhikkhus were so attached to him and he knew that he said, I'm going to die one day and they're going to, think it's the end you know so he said look this is the raft gets you to the other side any type of religion any idea of god any type of rites and rituals is a means it's a means to an end it's a skillful means to an end and when you get to the end you got to let go of it you let go of the raft if you meet the boot in the road kill him if you meet yourself in the road kill him if you recognize thoughts of i mine me mine you're you're still on the path. And being on the path is not a bad thing, but 
I hear stupid things, stupid things like, well, it's not the, it's not the uh, destination, it's the journey. And these are usually about people who are professional students. You know, they're, they're 90 years old, you know, 50 years old in college. And I wanted to talk because I went back to school when I was 50, but I'm not still in school. Uh, but, you know, it's not, it's not the journey. You know, it's not the end goal. It's the, it's the journey. Well, you know, you'll never grow up. That's Peter Pan stuff there. That's Peter Pan stuff. Yes, it's the end point. Yes, it is the end point. If you're if you're looking for Gnosis, if you're looking for ascension, if you're looking for enlightenment, if you're looking to be free, all this crap. Yes, it is. That is the point. So we all have we all have this infinity in us. Um, so uh, practicing this presence of God, which means pra- understanding that there's the infinity within you, the potential in you. Uh, if you understand that omnipresent means that this God that's within us, uh, and by God I don't mean a um, some a duality that there's this greatness somewhere out there, and then as I was taught in church, we're smaller than a worm. We're not. We don't. We're not deserving. We're not worthy. We're lower than the dirt. I mean, this was drilled into us. You know, I'm not worthy. I'm I'm lower than the smallest worm. No, no, because that's a duality. And God is within us. God is us. It's uh, the greatness and the infinity is within. We are the process. And if you need it in terms of biblical logic, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Before before that, there's formlessness. There's nothing. What did God use to make the heavens and the earth? God, there was nothing there but God. God had to use himself, the heavens and the earth of himself. If there was nothing, you cannot, even God cannot create from nothing. Therefore, everything in this universe was God. You and I, the, the dust of the earth was God. We are the stuff of God. There's no other way around it. And if you tell people this, who were who were drain, who were had their god godliness drained from them by the fundamentalist church, they get really scared. You know, there was a crystal form I was on, and somebody came out and said, "Oh, don't do this crystal stuff. It's the devil. It's of the devil." And someone said. Uh, Wait a minute. The crystals were made by God when he made the earth. Are you saying these crystals were made by the devil and put in the earth? And uh, she said, no, no, but when you're when you're looking at these crystals for divination, uh, it's the devil. And I said, so how do you explain in Exodus when Moses and Aaron were looking at the breastplate, the jeweled breastplate for divination to get the will of God? How do you explain this stuff? And this woman said, well, actually, you know, she, now let me tell you, at the beginning of this, she said, only the Bible is the true word of God. It's the true and honorable word of God. And and then I said, well, how do you explain it in Exodus where it said that um, there's this jeweled breastplate um, that Aaron and Moses looked into for divination, and it uses the word, ma'am, divination, to get the will of God. She goes, oh, well, that, that was put in there later by people who corrupted the Bible. And so I said, so you're saying that the Bible is not the true and enable word of God like you said earlier? I said, you can't have this both ways. And she said, well, you all, you all are devils, and you're going to hell. 
so so you see this is this is a shame because she is she is divine like we are she's divine she has the infinity in her and it's been killed it's been snuffed out by fear and this is the first rule no fear no doubt so there is a healing process within all of us that heals everything and it's believed and i'm reluctant to say this on a show like this because people will take it the wrong way but this healing power can heal everything and it can heal disease and i'm reluctant to say that and in fact i'm not going to i'm not going to stand by it i'm going to say it is believed by many that this power can even heal disease and to use this healing power requires knowledge of god and the way he works and that's the that's that's the catch 22 you must be in tune with this god and i will tell you that my uh Experience in the Buddhist community, I have seen monks who can do this. I have seen monks who have achieved Bodhi. They're they're at least stream enterers, and I'm going to tell you that becoming a stream enterer, there's you know five uh, four stages of enlightenment. Stream enterer is the first. Becoming a stream enterer is not as rare as you might think. Um, um, a Sotapanna has called not as rare as you might think, and even the Anagami, uh, the twice returner, not as rare as you might think, but I will tell you that uh, when I, w- I was studying for a couple of years to become a monk, I, I saw some stuff. And, uh, you know, there are people who say, well, it could have been. A- no, don't even talk to me about it being a trick or anything. I saw I saw stuff. I saw stuff. And um, one of my teachers, his name was Bhikkhu Andy. He was a Bhikkhu Ananda. His name was Bhikkhu Andy. And he had like three teeth in his head. He was a former street person who became a monk. He said, um, he said yes, the gift of healing. Um, he said, yes. He said, um there was a uh, an American reporter who lived among us when we were in Thailand, and he said, "John, there are hornets over there." And I'm just going to tell you how Andy talked. And people, said, well, Buddhist monks don't talk like that. Buddhist monks will surprise you, but especially Andy. He said, "He said, John, there was a hornet over there as big as your fucking fist, and if this thing stung you, he said, it was like being shot by an M16." And he said, "And one of these hornets uh, stung that reporter at the base of his thumb." And he said, now, when you get stung by one of these things, they tie your wrist off and take you to the hospital because you might need an amputation. And uh, and I said, God, that's awful. I said, how do you <laughs> – he said, he said, well, when you get it in the one, the first thing you do is you sweep the grass and the dirt in your in your hut because there could be scorpions and things in there that could kill you in three seconds. And I said, geez, my God. And uh, and uh, but, uh, and but he said – and he said – and uh, one of one of my teachers – who was a very quiet old man went over to him and said, let me see that. And he, he said, he held his thumb in his hand just for about three minutes with his head bowed. And, um, when he let go of his thumb, that sting was completely healed. And there was like, it never happened. And the reporter bothered that guy to death about it. And he interviewed the, the Yes. Yes. It said, you know, Biku, whatever that was, has the gift of healing. He has helped us a lot. He has the gift of healing. He asked the other monks, and the other monks said, "We don't talk about that." And he asked him, "We said we don't talk about this." He said, "But he said, and the uh, you know the monk said, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad that you're better. We don't talk about that. We don't talk about that. And uh, among Buddhists, that sort of thing, you don't talk about it. Um, it's not publicized. You don't talk about it. But I've seen some things, and I've heard from reliable sources. This gift of healing exists among people who know." 
the Buddha who know the God. And I've seen some things and, uh, you know, people, I, I, I've been told so the Buddhists go, yeah, well, that thing with the guy knew what you were thinking, you know, it, it can be a, tr- a trick. He's reading your body language. I said, no, you don't. You weren't there. You don't know. And uh, I have seen some things. So this first step is accepting that there is a power. There's a power in spirit. And that spirit has a lot of power. And Realizing that this power is not unique to you or to a clique or to a certain clique, that this power is in all the members of the people around you. It's not possible to understand universality. Um, You know, you're taught in uh, Buddhism and Christianity, love everybody, love your neighbor, love everyone. It's not possible to do that at first. Love the people around you. Understand, strange and strange land, Michael Valentine Smith said, oh, I get it, thou art God. No, that's blasphemy. No, no, thou art God. I get it, thou art God. That hornet, as big as your fucking fist, (laughs) stung that reporter. Uh, Thou "Thou art God, hornet. Um, Thou art God. You recognize this and accept it. And your mind might not want to accept. Your mind, you know, rationally, your mind wants to, well, no, you know, no, accept it. Accept it on a provisional basis if you have to, but accept it. The second step is realize this presence of God, the Buddha, the divineness. Uh, Buddha called it mind without feature, luminous mind without feature, uh, is in everybody. Realize it, and and then you salute it. You know, the namaste, I salute the divinity within you. My divinity salutes your divinity. Not I salute you. You, you Kill the Buddha. Not isolate you. The divinity within me salutes the divinity in you. You got to get out of your way. You got to get out of your way. And realize and know and claim that everything you are and everything you see, whether it's a tree, a dog, a cat, the blade of grass, is God's expression. It's It's the creation. And the creation itself is God. And if you get your mind out of that, you can get rid of that um, stuff that was uh, taught you that's wrong, that God sits in judgment of you. You sit in judgment of you. That uh, other part of God over there, that person who's been taught that he actually exists, uh, sits in judgment of you. Uh, this person who uh, attacked me on Facebook, who I blocked, sat in judgment of me. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's... It, it's it's funny. It's the left hand attacking the right hand, and understand it. And that's that is the most powerful thing you can do. Understand that all of that, everything is God's expression. There are people who say the world is against me. It's impossible. How can God be against God? It's impossible. And so you sit down quietly two or three times a day, and you think along these lines. God is all there is. God is in everything. And you begin to realize that this divine presence, this universal mind, this consciousness is within you and without you and everything around you. And you, as Lao Tzu said about the Tao, everything rises from the Tao, everything returns to the Tao. You seek and you shall find. It is promised. 
Seek ye first the kingdom of God, it says in the scriptures, and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. You shall indeed be the king of the world. So, how do you change fear into faith? God, we only have six minutes. Um, when fear enters your mind, it's a signal for action. It's, that's your mind and your body and everything. We have that very primitive thing that served us well, fight or flight. And when fear enters your mind, it means you've got to do something. It's time for action. Do something and do it immediately. That's adrenaline hitting your system. Do something about it immediately, but don't surrender to it. And don't usually, I don't think, I usually don't do the first thing that enters my mind. Um, when, um, when, when I'm afraid of something, it's usually there's a conflict between uh, two, two sources of action. And I have to sit down and think. And there's a rule of thumb that um, I came across many years ago. Uh, the right thing to do is most often the hardest thing to do. And quite often with me, my fear is telling me to do the easy thing. I'm afraid of something, so do, do, don't do it. Do something else. And fear has led me down a road of success. Everything I was afraid of from a certain age, I'd go out and do it. I'm not telling you, if you, I'm not telling you if you're afraid to like drive a motorcycle off cliff, don't do it. But um, with me, I was afraid uh, to speak in front of people. So I became a performer. I became an entertainer. I was afraid of women. So I talked to every girl I met, not in a creepy way. Uh, I tried to be, uh, you know, friendly and charming. And, uh, but every girl I would meet, I would say, like, hi, I hope you're having a good day. You know, or, you know, that's a very nice uh, handbag you have. Don't compliment a woman's clothes if you're a strange man. You know, like, oh, that's a nice dress you have. You know, God, how creepy. Uh, hair, hair is uh, compliment hair if you if you get to know them a little bit. You know, you don't walk up to a woman in a store and go, oh, I love your hairdo. You know, it's like, ha ha, who is this guy? Uh, but, uh, but you know, if you're getting a cold drink at a store in your line you say you know that's a really nice handbag you have um my mom had one like mention your mom or my mom had one like that you know don't don't be a creeper for god's sake uh, but anyway um the um if, you, if you're lost in the woods you're going to be afraid and that's because your senses need to be heightened because there are things in the woods that can eat you um, but we know that whatever it is going to eat you is also god and god is all wise right and God knows how to get you out of that woods. You know how to get out of those woods if you can get out of your own way. And if you can change that fear into faith, the mood suddenly changes. I've been lost before. I've been lost in the woods before. I've been lost everywhere before. And I, you know, I used to drive everywhere, all over the country. I'd get lost. And if I started to panic, I said, I'm going to just stop right now, take a breath. And let me see if I can get my way out of here. And I had rules. I had rules to find my way out of a lost place. And this was before GPSs and stuff, by the way. You change that fear into confidence. And if you're confident, not foolhardy, but confident, you'll find a way out. So this man who's lost, you turn to God in prayer and recognition. And you say to yourself quietly, and you say it with love. Say, God is guiding me now. God is a lamp unto my feet, just like it says in the Bible. He trusts and believes in this inner light, and this light that lighteth every man will come into the world. And it's truly said, they say, 
one man with God is a majority. You're one with all creation. Remember that. Just remember that. And um, we have uh, some station identification I'm supposed to play for you, and I'll do that right now, and then we'll, uh, we'll go out. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LeFay, Fridays, 1 to 2. And Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 7 to 8. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. Well, time for us to head out. Uh, thanks for stopping by once again, and uh, we'll see you next week. Remember, the Rev loves you. See you soon. We are in a difficult position Reverend St. Germain Gave me what we need for our condition Cinnamon and clothes And a sugar box Five finger grasses I keep it by the stove To stir and coffee Thicker than molasses The Church of Divine Harmony Serving the lost lambs of Knoxville, Tennessee Faithfully prays with the crystal Silently Faithfully prays with the crystal Yeah.